guys are more rare than a pole dancing unicorn sliding down a razor blade into a salt pit. It's time for what the fuck is up with Spada and Soups. is up everybody welcome back to screen break entertainment my name is spada and as always i am joined by my best friend my best buddy sir soups how's it going today sir fantastic man ready to uh ready to test some voices out man i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna flex my acting chops today man yeah this is nothing like the opportunity to this, do this this is all this, like these a, are always fun this whole thing all of this everything that we're doing it's just really a long audition tape for us to get jobs as voice actors. That's what this is. That's it, man. Pixar, <laughs> holla at your boy. <laughs> or whatever. I joke. The guys I that make the fake Disney movies, yo, I, I'll do that too. <laughs> We've got Dante Arias and Air Bear already in the chat. How's it going, everybody? Yo. I hope you guys are doing really good. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if our mics are going to be balanced right out the gate. That was the one thing I forgot to do as we were getting started. So if you guys notice that his mic is a little louder than mine or the other way around, just let me know. Um, but everything else, we've got a little bit of spooky ambiance in the background because basically the entire podcast is going to be us reading stories and talking about those stories. So I'm just going to keep that creepy ass music going in the background the entire time. And, um, you know, I'm going to try to switch up the songs manually from time to time, but you know, I don't know. I'll probably forget part of the way through the stream, but it's good to see everybody. Thank you guys for coming by and hanging out with us. Before we get started really into the podcast, I got to go through my plugs. So uh, so if you're listening to us in the audio only version of the podcast, I'm going to start with that this time. We appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, we know there are uh, quite a few of you guys, and we really appreciate the support. So thank you guys so much for always downloading and always being there for us. Make sure if you are listening, if you have an opportunity to please leave a review for us. We appreciate the, the insight and feedback. We really do want to use that to improve. But beyond that, make sure you're sharing it with your friends. We hope that you're enjoying it enough to even follow us on our social media. So you can find us both together on Instagram at WTF Spot of Soups. And you can find me on Twitter at ScreenBreakInt. That's E-N-T short for entertainment. You can find Soups at Sir Soups on Twitter as well. So other than that, if you guys want to find us on Facebook, you can just, you know, I think it's like uh, backslash forward slash. I always get them confused, which I shouldn't because I did web design. But for some reason, I always get them confused. Um, I think it's forward slash whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Forward slash WTF is up question mark. You'll find us on Facebook. Anyways, thank you guys so much for coming by. And those of you guys that are watching us on YouTube and watching us on uh, Facebook, we appreciate the support from both those locations as well. Thank you guys so much for coming by and showing us support. If you are, uh, if, if you have the ability, make sure that you're liking the stream and you're uh, leaving comments and stuff like that, and you're, you're participating where you can. We really appreciate that support from there as well. So we've got Fernando popping up into the chat as well. Welcome what back, up, Fernando? Fernando. It's good to see you, buddy. And uh, so, yeah, I think, what am I missing? Oh, PDX Radio. Rappy plays us every Sunday at 7 o'clock Central. And we appreciate Rappy so much for the support. He has uh, done our intro, as you guys have heard. So if you're if you're looking for a good hip hop uh, app, 
radio station that you can listen to all day. You can find PDX. Uh, uh, it, it's just PDX Radio, right? Um, yeah, on, pretty dope experience. Pretty I dope think, experience. Uh, is you the can website. download it at yeah. It's uh, getpdxradio.com. Yeah, that's the mistaken. that's the website, right? So uh, for some reason I'm forgetting, but either way, check out PDX Radio. Pretty dope experience. It's run by our guy Rappy. Uh, he's a dope ass dude. So thank it, you for the support. It there. is literally a pretty dope experience. Yes, you exactly. Should, you should check him out. <laughs> Made even doper by the by the fact that we're here. <laughs> for, for sure. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> oh, that was bad. Anyways, it's good to we're, see everybody. We're some pretty dope dudes, man. <laughs> well, we hope that everybody else sees us that way. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I, I hope so. I'm just talking out the side of my neck. <laughs> so before we get too far into it, I know that you have a reveal. I, I do. Yeah. But first. Okay. All right. I want to congratulate the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, seven right, right. The 2020 NBA world champ, 17-time world champion Los Angeles Lakers. I got the hat on. I got the shirt on. You guys who watch know I always have Lakers gear in the back. I got a whole Lakers <laughs> section over there. That's I bleed purple and, and gold. As soon um, as I heard but, that the Lakers won, I texted uh, Soups and was like, yo, oh, congratulations, because that dude, I know. I, yes, <laughs> I, know I was there. I was hyped, but then it was kind of sad because, you know, I kept thinking about Kobe and, Yeah, that shit you know, sucks, man. Yeah, but it was still, it's still awesome that we won the title. Um, and I'm going to take this hot-ass hat off. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to rock it for a little bit. Oh, hey, motherfuckers, Mr. Clean. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, I, I cut my hair this week. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. When I we <laughs> Just, got on Zoom, like what was it, like three or four days ago, and he, I think it was was it just three or four days ago? It was after the Twitch yeah, stream. It, right? Yeah, it was probably like the next day. Yeah, we got on Zoom. Stream. We were doing something. I was like, "What yeah. the fuck?" <laughs> the game, the game scared the shit out of me, and my hair turned white, so I just cut it all off, so I wouldn't look like a fucking cotton swab. <laughs> Dude, we'll just go with that as the official story. Dante's such a troll. He says, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Gotham Knights. Go Knights. <laughs> <laughs> Am I Victor Stone? <laughs> no, that's a tragic story. We don't need that. It, it, There's going to be a lot of tragic stories tonight. Uh, uh, I'm just letting you all know right out the gate. I yeah. The first story that I'm starting with, I'm, we're not starting just yet, but the first story I'm starting with is uh, when I when I listen to it, I found it, read it, then listened to it. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Maybe it was just the guy that read it that was able to do, like, put me there. But, man, it is fucked up. <laughs> like, a whole different That's, level of fucked up. Uh, so I'm, I'm worried. Man, I don't have any that are, like, fucked up. But I, there's definitely some creepy ones. I didn't go any just because I thought they were cool. I got some that I felt were. Mm. Had some genuine creepiness to them. So... See, we'll I went out, we'll I, see what happens. I went out of my way to actually find one that was video game related specifically. So um, one of my stories is video game related, and it, okay. it's actually the most fucked up one. So we'll uh, – Oh, dude. fantastic. Yeah, but um, <laughs> anyways, before we get started with all of that, so you, you cut your hair and all of that stuff. What else have you been doing this week? Um, Other than the Lakers winning, you're celebrating all that shit. What game have you I been mean, playing? Oh, I've been fucking playing the shit out of Call of Duty. Came out oh, of nowhere. <laughs> just got a hankering to play that shit, and I have been playing it like nonstop. So if any of y'all play Call of Duty, you can uh, 
Yeah, hit him up, we Sir Soups. Yeah, we'll get. I'll, yeah, that is literally my PlayStation, <laughs> Sir Soups. It's very so easy to hit find. Me up. Yeah, hit me up. We can. We can. I play hardcore team. That's all I play. I don't want. Won't play anything yeah. else. Yeah. I'm an old man. I'm stubborn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yell at the clouds. Yeah, but you're playing like the. You're playing hardcore, which is. It's very funny for you because you're. <laughs> you're so often the guy that's just like, look, I just want to play the game, True. have fun, and get off. But you've played that game so much that you cannot I, enjoy it. I can't. Yes, I can't. Unless you play have no regular, reticle. Yeah. <laughs> I, you can have. You have a reticle. The reticle that you, you have to aim down. You don't have the one on yeah. on center of screen. Yeah. So it's. I mean, I don't know, man. I hate bullet sponges, man. Like you play normal, you gotta shoot. If I shoot you, no, I think chest, that's dope. I think it's dope. Four honestly. times. Yeah, I want to shoot you once in your neck or your head and be done with you. And that's that's how it plays. So yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I just looked at Dante because he's always got to fuck with me. I, yo, saying, you saw that too. You know what's fucked up is the dark figure behind Spada. So I look up and I see this shadow that the light is casting <laughs> behind me, and I'm like, God damn it, fuck! And for a second, I was like, shit. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'll have this to update the fun. fan art soups. Yeah, man. Update the fan art so soups oh, is bald. Oh, hey, man. This is as a matter of fact. This is the reason why I, I told Spotter to draw to draw me with a hat on the art. Yeah, yeah. I was like, so you won't here. have to change my hair when I cut it. Because yeah. at some point, I knew I was going to fucking cut it off. I'm going to update so. this art, too, by the way. I'm going to – I'm got i working on a commission right now, which is what I've been doing for the past few days is work and trying to get this commission, other channel stuff and stuff like that, and uh, a little bit of World of Warcraft, my family, obviously, all that stuff. But uh, – uh, that picture, I'm getting tired of seeing it. It needs to be updated. I want like thinner lines, <laughs> a little bit more detail, a little bit more expressiveness. Hands. Yo, we got, we got Yoshi Kart creator. Yo, DJ Yoshi Hannibal Kart Royce creator, in the house. creator. Yeah, man. What's up, what DJ up? Hannibal Royce? Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm Staffy. not. I got a haircut too, but not quite bald. I'm just, uh, it's just short. <laughs> I saw this fool and I was like, it registered in my head that he had a haircut. Mm -hmm. But it, it it took me noticing Jax's haircut <laughs> to realize that you actually had a haircut. I looked and I was like, damn, Jax's hair looks good. And then I looked back. I was like, oh, shit, he got a haircut too. It's it funny. was like the day after I cut mine. I think it was. It just yeah. so happened to work out that way because yeah. <laughs> uh, Saturday is the day to go get our haircut. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, <laughs> we go. He and I always go get our haircut together now. Uh, and I tell you, man, when you go get your haircut somewhere, and the, I mean, it's. I'm glad they have the procedures that they have because, you know, we're in a real serious epi uh, you know, pandemic right now. But, you know, you have to wear a mask stand at the door somebody oh, will let right. you in they check your temperature they spray your hand with hand sanitizer so you're f they make sure that you're fully good stepping inside you pay at a distance and all that shit you sit okay. down you keep the mask on the entire time they keep the mask on the entire time and they literally just move the mask around to cut uh to cut your oh, hair okay. like so it's, you gotta you have to hold it on your mouth and yeah shit. sometimes yeah they'll tell you to hold it like pinch it around your nose stuff okay. like that Puddle punch is done. Oh shit! Yeah, I know. I man, I can't wait to see this shit. Yeah, me neither, man. I'm excited. Yeah, bro, it's sick. Yeah, do you want to tell him what? Uh, or I don't well, know. Well, to be honest, it's it's it's, yeah. it's his thing to yeah. it's his thing to talk about. It's not ours. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> oh look, Ben drowned is back. 
Oh, uh, yay. <laughs> ben Drown always joins us for the creepypasta. Damn you, Dante. I almost got Spada. I was the dark figure. Now I'll have to possess Soup's PC again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> joke's on you. This guy. <laughs> yeah, joke is on him. It's, it's not a PC. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to, I forgot to fucking tweet about the stream, but uh, you know what? I'll do it at a, oh. at a time a, a little bit later. It's fine. Normally, I'll have everything locked and loaded, ready to go. So as soon as I go live, I go click, click, click. All right, we're good. And we had some. We we narrowly dodged the technical difficulty bullet. Yeah, we, like, so narrowly dodged it. Yeah, because we're doing. Um, so we're gonna oh, try. To, we're gonna. T oh, we can say he he says we get to go. Go ahead and. and Okay, well, uh, so, so DJ Hannibal Royce is working on a Mugen fighting game, uh, which is called Yoshi Kart, which I don't really know how to explain it. It's absolute madness, it's but it's bananas. it's really – there's a lot of – I, I got to hand it to DJ Hannibal Royce, man. Like there's a lot of creativity in like how this video game works. It's like you're you're playing a fighting game, but you're in the carts like Mario Kart, and he makes the stages out of like – some of the most random and some of the coolest like references to like pop culture or video games like he's got Mega Man X the Super Nintendo stage that's that was the background of the last one that he uploaded he's got a uh, he's got like music video stages like uh, uh, well first of all he's got the Mario Kart stage but he's also got uh. like the Britney Spears <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like it, it, you're, like you're at a Britney Spears concert the whole time. Yeah. So he's got this like eclectic, eclectic stage collection, but like everything's moving. And then what I think is really really dope is all the special moves seem to be contingent on this little box that's constantly rolling over your head, and you yeah. randomly pre you press the button, I guess, and you randomly get the the special. It looks fantastic. There's a really cool combo system. But the best part, the best part is that when you win, your cart crosses the finish line the other person like spins out goes off to the yeah. side and you cross the finish line and it plays the super nintendo mario kart god it's it's uh <laughs> it's really really cool man he had yeah. like a he had like a a small like viral moment too because it was kind of getting around twitter really quick and people were yeah. people were like, "Oh shit, what the fuck is this madness?" <laughs> it's really cool. But the, the cool the coolest part is Oh, is, right. Uh, is forgot. Yes. So what's what's even cooler than that, I guess, is that Soups and Spada are going to have I, is it characters in the game or is it that we're going to have move sets in the game or something? So uh it's one of the two, but basically he had us pick a favorite color and a, a favorite special move. Like a special move, yeah. Yeah, and so I picked Puddle Punch from the original Killer Instinct, and Soups picked. What? I, I, he, I picked the dunk. He well, he already, with, he's like, already made a fighting game with bas with a dunk, like featuring a dunk. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen footage of that before. He's, he's posted some of that Yo, footage. Yo, I gotta before. see that. Uh, yeah, it's basically. I think it's, um, it's got drake and his head is basically plastered oh. over top of scorpion and he slammed and he just does a slam dunk or whatever and he like he play, he does the i'm gonna call you on myself oh like that whole song dance <laughs> or whatever it's so straight up we are our own characters yeah our so own characters we are like that's so dope so it's super dope <laughs> show uh so it, if you guys get a chance look ah. up yoshi kart it's on uh 
called WTF Yoshi. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's badass. Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, anyways. Ben, ben Drowned also says he he makes Mugen. Great. He wants someone to come and play. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right, guys, I'm done with the formalities. Now it's time to get serious. Deadly serious. I'm gonna try to see how long I can keep a straight face before I crack. That's yeah, I already lost. I, I I can't do it. Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so do you want to start it or you want me to start it? Um, I can start. Did I start first last time? I don't know. Maybe don't they can tell us. They'd have to tell us. I don't remember. I, I don't. I don't remember. It it doesn't matter. <clears throat> I'm going all the way in here. All right. So time. first of all, can you? Can you, uh, what is the name of the story? So the name of the story is just West. West, okay. West. By Joseph K. All right. I'm going to find that, and I think I found it. All right. Uh, All does right, it so start by saying, yep, okay, yeah, I got it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like journal, journal entries. So, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to... September, September 2nd, 1868, arrived in Cheyenne in the new Wyoming territory early this morning on the new Union Pacific Rail Line. It's been three years since I rode a locomotive. Did not realize it would remind me so strongly of Atlanta. I spent the last day of the journey in the phantom smell of blood and iron in my nostrils and bile raising at the back of my throat. But it's over. God willing, I will never have to ride the train again. Cheyenne is newborn and mewing like a babe. Immigrants from the east and across the seas team here, filling the streets with a babble of tongues and the raucous laughter of drunken, listless youths. The hound I purchased before leaving tugs at his leash with delight of the sights and sounds. The plot of land is still two days' ride across the border. And to the southwest, but true to his word, the man from the bank is hired to take me there. I sent a last letter to my wife and my boys with instructions to meet me here in the spring. I purchased a wagon and all the supplies for construction. The guide, a half-Indian fella, I'd wager my appearance but civilized in tongue, has helped me hire two young men, an Irishman with a sullen, chinless face and a German watery-eyed stinking of bourbon. Both despicable wretches, but they've agreed to work for a pittance and both claim to have experience in homestead. They may intend to kill me, seeing an easy mark in a naive settler, but I do not fear these drunken children. I've seen a generation of these boys' blood spill wide open, and I know what they're made of. September 8th, 1868. Have crossed into the free territory of Colorado. A day, uh, after a day of level warm and prairie wind of Wyoming, into the front range. This land is wild in some strange way and nothing like I've ever seen. We're following through the river the shadow of two jagged peaks and camp tonight just a few miles from the parcel of land. I requested remote and by God, the bank man did not fail me. The crowd and the Irishmen grow demure and quiet without spirits, and I see no possibility of violence in them now. 
lest they suspect me of hoarding whiskey. They do, they they will do fine with the quick labor, and return to Cheyenne and drink and fuck their profits. These men are of dust, and serve only this purpose: to think good good men like me fought and died to protect these jackals from the reach of Lincoln's tyranny. God grind his bones. I will be free of that monster soon, and if it should spread its federal borders this far, then I will burn my new home to the ground and move west yet again. Sons of bitches will have to push me into the sea before I swear fealty. Found a skull just off the deer trail. When I, well, well, when, when I meant to make water. It was bleached white and divorced from its jawbone and neck. I try not to view this as important. Tomorrow, we shall reach the plot and begin. September 9th. That's my daughter. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's a special day for me. <laughs> September 9th, 1868. The bank man has lied to me, the foul stuffed pig. The plot of land, clearly identified by a compass and map, is not the idyllic grove his words painted, but a swamp. A sullen hollow filled with mud and grass, ringed with broken and dying pines. I would flay my God alive if I thought this wretch might now. I would slay my God alive if I thought his wretch of an employer might feel a stain. I am determined to homestead here, however. This may not be the land I desire, but it is mine by God. The Irishman and the German fell trees for me, and I have found the highest place where the earth is damp the least. I will tame this land. The hound doesn't like it here. He growls at the horizon and pads in small, tight circles, looking always behind him. September 10th, 1868. The god has vanished in the night. He was to spend the next few days properly mapping the borders of my land, but he has fled. Worse still, the Irishman and the Kraut have grown skittish at his departure. The German tells a tale of hearing a scream in the woods last night. But in the morning light, the God's tent and belongings were packed away and gone. It shames me to admit, but my first night was filled with unease. There's something about this land, unlike any in the East. It seems to breathe and pulse around me like it watches me with a cold intelligence. The trees sing softly in the breeze, and in the smallest hours when sleep had fled into the dark, I fancied hearing whispering voices in the breeze. I will share none of this with the laborers. They're weak and callow enough as it is. If superstition infects them, I will be left here alone while they flee. September 14th. My hands bleed at the end of each day. I drive the boys hard, but my but myself even harder. The skeleton of the cabinet is the skeleton of the cabin is complete now, but there's much more work to do. I do not think they have the stomach for real work these dogs they slow down uh, they slow now that they see the rough outline believing their work is at an end i suppose a pig may recognize a barn by sight but we would hope too <clears throat> but we would hope too much to think they understand the cross beam and a proper roof my dread and the nights have deepened to a level i'm scarcely willing to accept and in the ebon black of the night i'm an immigrant from the dead land into one that lives yet. Each creak of the tree seems to come from my own shuddering spine. 
while I hear no birds or beasts during the day, a fact that only now seems to have pertinence. The night is alive with the rustle and brush. Occasionally I'll hear the crash and stomp of one of the drunkards slogging into the tree line to void his bladder. These boys have indeed brought a stash of bottles, and they have taken to drinking themselves into a stupor each night, rationing the stuff to fend off the night. I won't speak of it to the likes of them, but I know they share my unease. Their eyes are hollow each morning, and I catch them whipping around to look wide-eyed at the trees as if they'd seen their deaths coming on padded feet. I've taken the leasing the hound at the edge of the clearing. He whimpers and shudders throughout the night, and when he wakes, he howls and barks at the sky. If he cannot make himself useful when the need to hunt arises, I'll put a bullet in his noisy skull. September 15th. The German is gone. I suspected at first that he had turned his tail up back to Cheyenne. I was wise not to pay him up front. His companion, sick with fear and delusion, entered the cabin and shook me awake to tell me that he had been carried off in the night. Same as our guide. I boxed his ears and dragged him to their camp, whereas I suspected his belongings were gone. But the wretch refused to work until we'd look for his partner. Combing the woods all day with no sign of the German. Some of the nights, alien gloom lingers in the woods throughout the day, and I must confess, leaping at the smallest noises. Ooh. The hound, finding his purpose again, tracked the German's trail, only to find that it looped around the grove several times, spiraling outward from the cabin. The trail soon vanished, and the hound began to strain at the leash, pleading for me to return him to the safety of our clear. With the cabin in sight at the edge of the trees, I made an unsettling discovery. At twice the level of a man's height, a canvas, a canvas rucksack hung from the dead branches of a massive great and rotten pine. More unsettling, when I opened the satchel, I found the clothes of a much shorter man than I had expected. This was our guide's bag. I will not tell the poor fear-crazed Irishman when he returned. To credit his bravery, still remains in the wood as night falls. I hear him shouting as his I hear him shouting his companion's name as he follows the spiral and trail with no end. He is a fool, but braver than I believe. The dark has swept over the land like a sackcloth of revelations, and there's ice in my blood. I can no longer hear the Irishman now. The sounds of the night, the still unfamiliar tapestry of living bodies and creek of the towering pines out excuse me, drown out his cries. I feel a foolish, but I feel a foolish, but I fear for his safety. September 16th. Woken moonless night to the sounds of screaming far in the distance, a whimper and terror and sh shriek that stilled even the noises of the dark. I laid unable to move in the bedroll on the wooden floor, unsure for a time if I ever actually had left the battlefield hospital of Atlanta, and I was waiting in and I was waiting for cannon to musket fire. <clears throat> there was only the lone, the, the one lone boy screaming in the dark, and I was helpless to save him. I clutched the rifle close, and the hound lay shivering at my side. The boy screamed, his voice coming from every direction over the course of several hours before it dissipated into a soft whisper. We could do little but wait for daybreak. In the light of day, I forced the hound back into the maw of the woods. 
I felt like wilting and crying each time I contemplate leaving the swampy ring of trees. But even Ireland deserves a cursory search. I found him near dusk after following a now familiar spiraling train trail. I reached I reached the unnatural giant tree that once held the guy's belongings. It was fresh marked with jagged irregular cuts that exposed the rotten heartwood underneath. The cuts went high up into the bows, and I had to strain my eyes to see, but what I finally made out made me suddenly ill. The boy lay cradled up in two high branches with his limbs dangling and cracked in a dozen false joints. His head was twisted like he sought to imitate an owl, completely behind him. One glassy eye stretched wide next to an empty socket, and his tongue lolled from its frozen jaw. He's owed a Christian berry, even a papist such as him. But I will need to fell the tree to fetch his body. I wish I had the strength and will to do it now, but the, but the night of lost rest before and the day's gruesome business robs me of the desire to for much besides sleep. September 17th. I'm leaving this place. I lose all that I own. But if I leave in a few hours with the safety of the dawn, I leave with my life. I will see my wife and boys again. I woke up this morning with a flinty gray dawn that never turned blue, only drizzled with a thin vapor of rain. The idea that I could ever dream of living here sickens me now. I sat all day on the porch of the house, the very ground of the meadow looking threatening, the jagged teeth of the trees against the gray sky, and the lapping of puddled water in the wind gave me an uncanny feeling of being inside a gargantuan mall that had been closing down on me since the moment I arrived. I was still determined then to reclaim this land, to fill the bog and fill the trees, and make the fertile black soil work under my pile. plow. How foolish, now. With the fall of night came a whimpering wind, buffing, buffing to me with a heavy, damp air. When the last thread of light had been cut, the hound stood to his feet and strained against the leash. The hair on end, the teeth bared, he strained on the leather leash that held him and began to growl in a low, menacing sound. I looked to where he struggled to lunge, I could see nothing. No rising between the ground and the forest, or forest sky, just blackness. When the leash broke, it made a popping sound, like firecracker, and the hound bolted to the black. To the black. I heard the angry rhythm of his barking as he was absorbed into the dark. Then it ceased, and I heard a sharp squeal. Then silence. The crowded throng of life that I had felt each night before was utterly silent. The only sound was the dry rustle of the pine. I shouldered my rifle and fired once into the dark, and my skin rippled and my insides froze. The bright flash of the rifle, I saw a phantom impression of a world inside the gloom. Pale trees, wet earth, I, and I saw clearly the corpse of the hound, wet and glistening. Beside it was a shape of some foul thing crouched on crooked legs like the limbs of some beast. It held some dark portion of the dog in its splayed fingers. It was upright and looking straight at me. All I saw of its face was a bright diamond glint of two eyes and teeth. So many teeth. 
gunshot rolled down the valley in darkness and I heard no movement from the blackness beyond. With all the speed I could muster, I fled for the cabin and barricaded the door with every crate and unused hearthstone I could find. Gripping the rifle tight, I did my best to lay perfectly silent and swore to leave at the first light. When sleep finally came, it was fitful, and I woke only a few hours later to see a strange pinprick burning my neck. I came awake to find the head of my dog perched like a trophy at the top of the barricade which yet lay intact and undisturbed. Around me were the hellish tracks of some beast, wet mud and shapes that defied identifications. I put my hand on the throat and felt a small, and felt a line of small drops across it, blood welling up from delicate scratch that ran from ear to ear. The room was empty and still fortified from within. Uh, but it had been in here with me moments before. It had marked me, toyed with me, and left. And so at first light, I will leave. September 18th. I am 10 miles from the cabin, and I cursed myself for a fool. With the morning sun meadow stream, and felt somehow safer. But I still packed my lightest valuable tools and left the cabin. Five miles down the road, doubt set in. I stopped to eat on this small bluff, looking out at the glory of God's creation. And I've made my made up my mind. Reading yesterday's entry flushes me with shame. What a coward I was. Whatever that thing is, it's a beast and I'm a soldier. I will hunt it, trap it, and kill it. What God and Grant could not grind out of me, I will not relinquish to some wild animal. I will not leave my wife and son's paupers. I will be a man and return. June 29th, 1865. Dear Miss Shelby. Yeah. Dear Miss Shelby, who is uh, the main character's wife, apparently. I'm assuming. We have have recently received the enclosed pair, uh, the enclosed from a pair of hunters who discovered it within within the force of the front range in Colorado Territory. Having been made privy to the issue of your missing husband, we felt it was best to inform you directly and pass on his journal and a few other possessions. The hunters describe the area in which they found the items in a way that agrees exactly with your husband's description in the journal. But there was no cabin, nor foundation, nor any other signs of habitation. We're deeply sorry that we could not be of more assistance to you, and I pray that your husband will eventually be found. Deepest regrets, Colonel Benjamin Williams, Fort Collins, Colorado Territory. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, that was quite a story, dude. Holy shit. You did, and you did. You maintained the accent the entire way through. So I gotta say, man. Very well I was, done, I was a fucking Confederate soldier. But yeah, you know. it was a Confederate soldier. Very, very good, man. That was a that was some story. <laughs> Soup should do audio books. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me let me find. I've got to see find both my chats here. All right. <laughs> yeah, hey, that was the, that uh, was really really good. I feel like I feel like afraid. Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that story is pretty fucked up because uh 
I mean, like, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, God, I fucking hate this guy. Like, uh, you know, everything he's talking about, he's bitching and moaning about everybody around yeah. him. Yeah. He's a he's Confederate a soldier. He's, he's starting off yes. on a bad fucking foot anyways. Um, and then, you know, it's funny how horror stories do that, is they can make anybody somebody that you sympathize with in that moment uh, yeah. or somebody you're feeling empathetic but even somebody that you start out hating um you can empathize with for the moment of fear like I for mean, your life and dude the the, the image of waking fucking, up to your dog's head yes dude on no. your barricade no, on man. the barricade you set up like oh bro no no, <laughs> no fucking no. way <laughs> can't do it I am the fuck out of there right away after that. When that yeah. happens, I'm out. <laughs> I'm fucking out, y'all. <laughs> but yeah, great oh, read. Man. You got a you got a ten out of ten. Thank you, Amber. Yes. Thank you, uh, thank you, wifey. I appreciate Amber for, that. Uh, for sharing the uh, uh, for sharing the, uh, the stream on Facebook. We appreciate that. I couldn't I couldn't say anything while he was reading, but I do appreciate it very much. Um, all right. Well trying to think of like the whole guy the guide because you know i kind of got lost a couple of times because i was like i realized that there was no reason that i couldn't have the story text there for them to read along so i pulled it up and was scrolling through it i don't know if you saw but i was scrolling through it yeah i yeah i saw right at the end so um i was getting all that set up when i thought about that and so i missed a, a bit of it and i came in uh and he's mad about the guide and uh and like I'm like waiting to hear about the guide again, because <laughs> like he right, gets, yeah, he gets mad at everybody else for being lazy. And like, when's the when he, when, where's the guide? He's gonna the bitch guy? out the guide. Yeah, and then the he guy. finally fucking finds him like all tangled up in that tree. Fuck, dude. Yeah, no, that was the fucking Irishman. That was the Irishman. I thought that was the guy. That was the oh, the, the, they no, found the guy's found backpack. The, the day the before backpack. when they went looking for the German, they found the guide shit. I don't even yeah. think they found the German. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think the Germans just fucking gone. Got swallowed up. Jesus Christ, man. Ben Drown, I'll read you a story anytime, man. <laughs> meet me on my meet me on my phone. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna read this really fucked up story. From, All right, what's the uh, name? It's called uh, it's called Twitch Stream, or the Twitch Stream. Now again. I'm letting everybody know right away. This story, genuinely, when I read it to my when I when I listened to it be read, it genuinely like shook me. Like I was. It's called the Twitch stream. The Twitch stream, yeah, on the same site. Uh, written by Connor Phillips. Uh, yep, got it. Perfect. All right, so. When I read this originally, and when I when I listened to it be read, it literally shook me. This is a this is a very fucked up story, um, but I think this is like a really cool way to like lay the foundation for the rest of the stories that we're going to tell tonight. And uh, it's it's also I believe the longest one I have. So um, let's see. Let me make sure that we get caught up on the chat before we get started. Uh, yeah. Says I got sad about the hound that clearly knew when shit was getting worse and worse. Yeah, right. The the hound was like, let's get the fuck out of here. Been drowned. I got a puppy here for you, Fernando. God damn it, been drowned. <laughs> is is there candy in a windowless van? <laughs> 
I don't I don't know if I want to go. Uh, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I guess I'm just going to go ahead and start it. And I'm um, I'm actually going to change the song for this one. Um, yeah. Perfect. All right. The name of the story is the Twitch stream again, and this is by Connor Phillips. <laughs> trying to get the. All right, I'm gonna try to scroll. As, with you guys as y'all can read it so, so, that, um, so that everybody in the stream can follow along. I am one of the biggest streamers on Twitch. I play games spanning all genres and my streams consistently get over 20,000 viewers. I love what I do. It has taken me many years to get to where I am today and not a day goes by that I wish I was doing something else. That is until the horrifying events of last Friday happened which have shaken me to my very core and left me wondering if I, if I will ever stream again. The stream started normally. I powered on my face cam, loaded up my Twitch interface, and then went live. My viewer count immediately jumped up to 2,500 and within a few minutes was at 10,000. Although this had been the norm for me the, at least for at least two years, watching that viewer count rise so quickly still makes my heart race inside my, uh, still makes my heart race inside my chest. It makes me remember all the streams that I did back in the day, when five viewers meant that my stream was really popping off, and receiving even a tiny donation sent my head spinning through the clouds. I greeted my chat, and then made a big announcement for today's stream. I was not only going to play the games, or sorry, I was not only going to play the games of their choice, but I was going to play them, play them with random, uh, I was going to play them with random chosen subscribers. I wanted to do something special for my sixth anniversary stream, and the positive response was immediate. The chat board started filling up so quick, so quickly with comments and emotes that they flew across my computer monitor faster than my eye could register. The event began successfully. I played a few matches of Overwatch with a guy who happened to be around my age and who was hilarious, and then Dead by Daylight with a girl who had just finished high school. My stream quickly rose to 50,000 viewers and might have even reached 100,000 had things not turned out the way they did. As it stands, the stream took a very frightening turn uh, while I was playing with the third subscriber of the day, a seven-year-old kid named Tanner. Hello, D. He said after he joined my Discord server, opting to call me by my nickname instead of my streamer name. Hey, buddy, I said. I could immediately tell by the sound of Tanner's voice that he wasn't any older than 10. For this reason, my initial thought was to discreetly find a way to dump the kid and then pick a different subscriber to play with. It's not that I have anything against kids, I just felt uncomfortable streaming with somebody so young. I didn't want to do anything or say something that might upset him, and I wasn't, sh I wasn't sure how my chat was going to respond. I have a zero tolerance policy for bullying or negativity during my streams, and the last thing I wanted was to exploit this kid for, for my own personal gain. When I turned my head to read the chat though, the comments were nothing but positive. He sounds so cute, come on D, play with him. I wonder what game he's going to choose. These comments and several dozen other similar ones flooded my monitor within seconds of Tanner's voice ringing in my headset. So I knew I had to play with him. If I backed out, then there would be an uproar. 
I wish now that I had listened to my gut feeling and dumped him rather than put myself and my chat through what happened later. Looking back though, joining my Discord server might have been the best thing that Tanner could have ever could have done that evening, for it increased his chances of making it through the night. Welcome to the stream, I continued. Do you know what game you want to play? Minecraft! He gave the answer that everybody in the chat predicted, which, spent, which sent them spiraling into awes and silly emotes. There was an innocence to Tanner's voice that made, him, that made me like him immediately. I could tell that he was the quintessential kid, fun-loving, excitable, and quick to, life, quick to laugh. Minecraft it is, I said. Let's boot her up. Okay. We were silent as we launched the game. I knew that as a professional, I should be making small talk with him, but I just wasn't sure how to go about bantering with such a little kid. I don't have any younger siblings or cousins, and my wife and I haven't reached the point where we've decided to have kids of our own yet. Luckily, Tanner solved this problem for me. <laughs> Should we play in my world or yours? He said. Let's play in yours. I think everybody would love to see what you've built. All right. He sent me an invite. I accepted and spawned into his world. Come and find me so I can give you a tour of my... His voice was interrupted by the sound of shattering glass which boomed through his headset so loudly I had to lower my volume. Based on the explosiveness of the sound, I figured that, th that its source was close to his computer. Is everything all right? I said. Something just broke into my living room, he said. Let me check. He heard, I heard the muffled sound of him taking off his headset, then heard him quickly pick it back up and place it on his head less than a minute later. D, he continued with a, a voice, a frightened whisper, there's a strange man inside my house, and he just went into my parents' room. The stress in Tanner's voice convinced me that he wasn't lying. I could practically hear the tears forming in the back of his eyes, and I would have tried to comfort him if the phrases strange man and parents' room weren't ringing inside my head so loudly that they were threatening to block out all reason. I felt like somebody had laced the Dr. Pepper bottle resting on my mouse pad with acid. I was experiencing a bad trip, and this stream had gone... Uh, had gone wrong and the stream gone wrong was my own personal hell it was the realization that I was still maneuvering my character in Minecraft that finally snapped me back into reality here a kid here a kid with uh, was in the middle of his, a life sorry in the middle of experiencing a life-threatening event live on my stream and there I was mining a tree for its logs with my bare fists as a subwoofer lullaby pulsed gently through my headset the shame I felt at my selfishness and forever and forever caring so much about view counts and the fickle comments of my chat still lines my throat to this day. I closed down Minecraft, yanked my hand away from the mouse, and then placed my, uh, placed my focus solely on the microphone and the sound of Tanner's voice. Everything else that I normally cared about while streaming, I buried under my desire to help this innocent kid who probably fell asleep every night watching my YouTube videos on his iPad. Doing my part to save his life was all that mattered. Tanner, I said, you need to call the police immediately or you buy a phone. Luckily, my voice came out, came out steady. I was afraid it would come out shaky given the adrenaline pumping through my body like a drug. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see the comments of my chat, whiz chat room whizzing across my monitor like a broken slot machine. I did my best to ignore them. My phone is in the living room, he said, voice just above a whisper. I could tell that he was only moments away from crying. Don't worry, buddy. I'll call the police for you. Is there, any, is there any place you can hide? Where inside your house are you? Are you in your room? Yes, I'm in my room. His tears started falling full force, making his voice nasally. 
The distant scream of a woman erupted in my headset. The scream sounded painful and guttural, as if whoever was making it was having their vocal cords torn out one thread at a time. For one of the only times that night, the chat became completely still. You need to hide now, Tanner. Is, this wi is your headset wireless? Yes, sir. Good. Take it with you and crawl under your bed. For the next few minutes, I could hear all I could hear were sniffles and rustling, and the rustling sound of Tanner sliding under his bed. I'm here. Are you safe? Yes. Okay, good. Stay put. I'm going to call the police. But first, I need you to tell me where you live. Luckily, he knew his exact address, and I wrote it down using a pencil and paper I always keep in front of my monitor as soon as the words left his mouth. Good job, buddy. Good job, buddy. You're doing great. Hang on there for a second while I call the police, all right? Don't take off your headset. Don't leave me all alone, D. His voice was laced with so much feeling as, as he said this that for a moment I felt tempted to ignore the police and stay right there in the Discord server with him. This feeling quickly passed, though, as another scream, this time from a male, exploded through my headset and sent the hairs on the back of my arm shooting into the air. I'm not going anywhere, I promise. This will just take a moment. Stay where you are. I quickly looked up at the number, looked for the number to call the police station in his city, which was in another state, so I couldn't just dial 911, on my computer, and then pulled out my phone and gave them a call. Police department, please state your emergency, said a woman's voice in my ear. I told her the situation in as few words as possible. She paused for a moment before speaking, presumably looking at whatever re resources were in front of her. Our closest officer is 30 minutes away, she said. He will be there as quickly as he can. 30 minutes? It was then that I realized how truly secluded Tanner's house was from the rest of the city. From my initial scan of Google Maps when I had typed in, typed in his address on the fresh tab, on a fresh tab while I, was, uh, while I explained the uh, situation to the dispatcher, I could see how rural his neighborhood was. I doubted that it, had been, that it had a local Walmart, much less a regular police presence. The closest house is probably 10 acres away, and the next one, miles. Yes, the dispatcher said. You heard me correctly. 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 <laughs> you heard me correctly. Is Tanner still on the line? Or the chat with you? A rare slip-up, and understandable given, that, given the unlikelihood of the situation. I had heard of other streamers getting swatted before, but this made that dangerous prank look like child's play by comparison. Yes, he is. Good. Is he still safe? He should be. I told him to stay under his bed. Tell him that police officers are on the way and he needs to stay hidden until they arrive. I put my headset back on and relayed to Tanner the message. He responded with a tear clock, okay. And then I lifted my, lifted the phone, lifted my phone back to my ear. I told him, thank you. From here on out, I want you to stay in the chat with him. Put me on speakerphone so that I can hear what you're, what you're saying. And so that I can advise you, so I can advise you should any new developments occur. The moment the words speakerphone left her mouth, I cursed myself in my mind. Why hadn't I thought of that? Here I was surrounded by thousands of dollars worth of gaming equipment, and I was too stupid to think of utilizing a technology that even my 80-year-old grandfather could use. I hit the speaker button, placed, placed my phone in front of my keyboard, and then nuzzled my headset back over my ears. The sound of Tanner's shallow breathing greeted my flesh. He sounded like a small wounded animal caught in the middle of a railroad track as a freight train came hurling towards his head. Hang in tight, buddy. A police officer is coming quick, as quickly as he can. You're doing great. Thank you, Dee. I always knew we would be friends. 
Before I could respond to such a touching remark, a scream so guttural ripped through the headset and I nearly reared back in my chair. Chair, are you okay? I said, keeping, trying to keep my stomach acid from rising to my chest. They're in the living room now, he said, voice almost a sob. I think he's killing them. Several more screams burst, in, burst through the chat. He's killing them. Keep your voice down, Tanner, or he'll hear you. My command was greeted by whispered sobs. I imagined Tanner's voice shrieking in my ears as he met the same fate as his parents and sped along the officer's patrol car in my, uh, in my mind. Another volley of screams berated my headset, flooding my ears with a twisted crescendo of guttural yells. The screams seemed to go on for an eternity, and then my headset went silent. Several agonizing minutes later, the dispatcher's voice sounded through my phone on my desk, telling me that the officer had just arrived at the front of the house. This news came if this news came much earlier than the initial estimate of 30 minutes and I and filled my body with joy. Keep hiding Tanner, I said. That officer I told you about just pulled into your driveway. He's here to help you. Okay, D. A few minutes later, the sound of gunshots burst through my headset followed by another round of screams. Terror gripped my lungs at the sound. Coming in guns blazing like that, I'm sure hadn't been the officer's plan. Something must have happened. My guess is that he had been ambushed, and I desperately hoped that he had been able to come out on top. What are you hearing now, Tanner? I said. He was silent for a few moments, then said something so horrifying that it haunts me to this day, and will continue to do so until I'm old and gray. The man just said, dumb F-word cops, their heads don't come off like they used to. I slumped back in my chair, blood draining from my face like, a water, like water down a drain. I'm sure if I, if I would have looked up at my monitor, I would have seen a ghost staring back at me. My already sky-high stress levels went plummeting into the stratosphere. I couldn't tell up from down. Their heads don't come off like they used to. Dumb F-word cops. The sound of Tanner's hoarse and innocent voice projecting those words, the words of such a sadistic man, will echo for an eternity in the darkest chambers of my mind. So horrified was I by the thought of what had happened to that poor police officer's tear, tears nearly filled my, ear, filled my eyes. Now wasn't the time to let my emotions get the better of me, though. Given there weren't any other cops in the immediate area, I knew that I was the best positioned person to help Tanner escape the situation alive and as much as it frightened me to think about in one piece. Just sit tight, Tana. Tanner, I said, voice almost as hoarse as his. I'm going to find a way to get you out of this, I promise. I trust you, said Tanner. He had stopped crying long ago. I could tell that he had fallen into survival mode, and I respected him all the more for it. Although he wasn't my kid, and I had only known him for such a brief time, my newfound responsibility towards him made me feel as if he had been born into my own arms. Hang on for a second. I need to talk to the woman on the phone again, okay? Okay. I took off my headset and leaned in closer to my phone. Are you still there? I am. The offer you sent is dead. Are you sure? How do you know? Tanner heard him get beheaded. I knew of no other way. That, I knew of no other way to say it. He can hear the he can hear the man who killed him talking to himself about about it in the living room. Jesus Christ! Hearing this brief comment from the dispatcher filled me with the with almost as much dread as the thought of hearing Tanner's last breath billowing through my headset. For it was the moment it was. For it was the moment that I had just realized 
how much of a dangerous turn this situation had taken. If a professional police dispatcher who dealt with emergencies daily was shocked enough to make such an out-of-character comment, then something truly extraordinary was taking place. I have, sw I have a SWAT team on the way, but it will take them at least 35 minutes to get there. And this time, when I say 35 minutes, I mean it. We were lucky that that officer, that officer Bronswick was able to arrive on the scene so quickly. The SWAT team is traveling from town, and that's, which is a lot slower going. I pictured Officer Brunswick's body laying in the middle of Tanner's living room floor, bloody and headless, and the thought that he was anything but, anything but lucky. What do we do then? He doesn't have that much time. You need to tell Tanner to flee the house the moment he has a chance. His house is in a densely wooded area. He can take refuge in the trees until the SWAT team arrives. Ask him if there are any windows in his room. Okay, good idea. I grabbed my headset from its place on my desk and then threw it back over my ears. Are you still with me, Tanner? Yes, sir. The way he sometimes called me sir was so endearing that it only made me like him and fear for him even more. You need to run out of your house the moment you get a chance and hide in the woods until the policemen get there. I know it's scary, but you have to trust me. Are there any windows in your room? No. Tanner's answer made me place my head in my hands. What kind of room didn't have any windows? I don't understand. You said that you were in your room, right? Yes, but my room is in the basement. Of course it was. At this point, I couldn't see any variation of this situation that ended with Tanner leaving the house alive. He might as well have been stranded on the moon for all the good anybody could do for him down there. The thought that he might get pulled out from under his bed at any moment screaming bloody murder before the sadist slashed him to pieces burdened my every breath. Before I had a chance to consult with the dispatcher about this new development, Tanner's whispering voice once again greeted my ears. He's looking for me, D. I can hear him walking around upstairs. He keeps saying that he's going to find and kill whoever he is hiding from him. My heart just leapt through my chest. Once I took a breath and thought about it, though, it made sense that the intruder now knew that there was somebody else inside the house. For why else would a police officer arrive at the scene, gun drawn, unless somebody had reported him? Everything is going to be fine. Just stay where you are. More help is on the way. You don't understand. He's coming down the hall towards the basement. I can hear his footsteps getting closer. Tanner's voice started, started speeding up. I have to do something, Dee. I can't stay under my bed. He'll find me too easily. I heard the sound of the thumping footsteps approaching through my headset. Oh, God. He's on top of the stairs. He's... I heard the rustling sound of clothes sliding across the carpet. Tanner! I shrieked, Tanner! The, the, the cacophony of a, of a body tumbling to the ground raised my eardrums. I heard the sound of a knife splitting flesh, and then a scream so guttural it made all of the previous screams I had heard that night seem like laughter. I nearly passed out in my chair. I felt my heart was beating, uh, was being torn. I felt like my heart was being torn from my sternum. Had I really heard what I thought I'd just heard? Had Tanner that innocent little boy who had just wanted to play Minecraft with his favorite streamer really been massacred in his own bedroom? I couldn't stomach the thought. This couldn't be happening. The universe couldn't be so cruel as to rob this innocent child of his beautiful life. Just as I, just as I had given up hope that I would ever hear Tanner's voice again, his voice rang, rang out loud and clear through my headset. I got him, D, he said. I tripped him as he came down the stairs and then murked him with his own knife, just like you would have done. I looked over at my monitor, and through the thousands of pe pe pepe head hands and poggers, 
I could see whirling across the chat at a nauseating pace, my eyes locked onto one word, which stood out among all the emotes, like a signpost glowing through the windows of a speeding car. Justice. As proud as I am of Tanner for taking the situation into his own hands and ending the life of that miserable wretch, I'm having difficulties finding myself again after such a traumatic, after such a traumatic experience. The memories of that stream haunt me daily and plague my sleep with brutal nightmares. It's not the sadist that haunts me, although I think about him a lot too, but the prying, invisible, 50,000 pairs of eyes that were watching the event unfold in real time through my stream. They had loved every minute of it. It was the best stream they had ever seen and probably ever would. It was this thought that caused me to have a realization. They would watch the same thing again if they were given the chance. If it had happened at a different time in a different place into a different kid, they would drop everything they were doing and glue themselves to their computer screens as if they were watching a new episode of Game of Thrones. After my experience that night, I learned that human beings flock to violence just like junkies in a desperate need of a fix. They search for it on the dark web, they buy it, in, buy it on discs, they read about it in books, and sometimes, if they're lucky enough, they even watch it unfold live on Twitch. In this way, I learned that we are all like the sadist. We might not all act on our violent impulses, but we reveal in them, none, we revel in them nonetheless. We need the tanners of the world to suffer, for without them, what else is there to entertain us? That is why, my friends, the biggest dream of my life scarred me for life, and I will never stream again. Oh. <clears throat> you know? <laughs> Dude. Dang, man. <laughs> Yo. Yo, fuck all that. Yeah. Yeah, that shit. Cutting, cutting the tension. Tanner opened his own streaming channel called Cutting the Tension. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. What did I miss in the chat? Um, spot his kid voice. Yo, yeah, I almost laughed out loud when I heard that. <laughs> Tanner was a sentiment. Uh, was a sin. Wait, wait what? <laughs> Tanner was a sentient Minecraft creep creeper. Oh, okay, I see. That just realized he was a Minecraft NPC. <laughs> I was expecting <laughs> that child's voice to turn into Cartman from South Park. Fuck you guys. That policewoman's voice sounds sassy. <laughs> where the fuck's where the fuck is Alex Murphy when you need him? Tanner. Tanner opened his freeze, Paul. <laughs> called cutting the tension. <laughs> Yo, that story was No, that story's yeah. fucked up, dude. Like uh It's like oh Tanner's about to fucking get it. Dude, I was like the whole time I like I'm not gonna lie, like I was actually emotionally distraught as I was listening to it the first time. Like um because all I yeah, it's it's whenever you become a parent immediately any kid you see or hear or think about immediately that your kid is that yeah is the kid that you're watching you know what i mean so when like something good happens like there's that joy as if it's almost happening to your own kid but if something bad happens it's that fear of like experiencing something like that with your own child instead of just something yeah. vicariously through a movie <laughs> you guys God. got good radio voices well that's good then maybe we're doing the right thing. Yeah, man. <laughs> doing this we're, we're in the yeah. We're, we are in the right business. We can quit our day job. No, 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 no. Absolutely, no, we sure as fuck cannot. 
So there were a couple other Twitch yeah. themed stories that I that I thought about reading. Um, and some of them were creepy and everything else, but none of them, nothing got me like this one did. This whole idea of this kid uh, being stuck and his lifeline being a guy that's streaming. And he doesn't even think about it long enough to stop the stream. He's just yeah. focused on like whatever he's got to do to help the kid. You know? Um, God, man. But I also and thought I, that... Go ahead. No, I, it's... As soon as Ben said, well, don't leave me all alone, I was like, oh, he's going to put the phone on speaker. Yeah. And then it takes him a whole, like, three paragraphs to think about putting the fucking phone on speaker. I was like, man, what is this guy doing? Oh. I need to work. You should. <laughs> I need to work. <laughs> hey, man, I, for, I ran the channel full time for, uh, for almost a year, and that was that was. I was working hours upon hours, especially if you include like staying engaged in like the comment section, reviewing polls, mm. the research that I was doing all the time, all that stuff for all the different videos that I was doing. Yeah, man, like that, that shit could be a job, but like it can only be a job if you can get paid, <laughs> like, right. And paid, paid, not, not, oh man, like, look, I, you know, I made an extra hundred dollars this month from doing yeah, something nah, on YouTube. Yeah. I need a whole fucking a lot more 40 hour that. work. Yeah. I, I need. <laughs> I need two weeks worth of fucking pay. I need that times like 50. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, yes. We all need that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's... Uh, but anyways, I, what I was going to say is like, there's also the, ver the way that story ended with like, there's something fucked up about us that we... That, yeah, man. That we would actually sit around and we would, we would watch that video. Um, we would watch that stream and we'd stick with it all the way through. And you could tell yourself that maybe that's because you're sticking through to make sure that the kid makes it okay. And there's something, I'm sure there's some truth to that, but you can't lie to yourself and say that you're not at some, in some level, um, I don't know, um, interested in seeing how bad it's going to get. Right, exactly. Like it's a it, the whole story. What he said at the end was, I mean, we were doing exactly what he said we do. Yeah, we exactly. were all like engrossed in this fucking story. Exactly. Like, if that was on a stream, I I wouldn't have got off the stream. No, <laughs> I probably would have tried to call the police. Like if you yeah, know, like get more just like everybody else did. Yeah, like yeah. get out there and take care of that shit. But obviously, he didn't need the fucking cop because. Yeah. Killed the fucking guy anyway. I thought about doing all video game style uh, creepypastas, but I went through a few of them, and while some of them were pretty good, uh, yeah, like most of them just were like eh, a little unsettling, but not super scary. Uh, the story is better than any horror B movie that tries uh, that tries to be that scary with a child in it. Um, what's up? <laughs> Thanks, Fernando. I appreciate that. Blumhouse, come on. Dante says, P.S. Left the streaming business to become a writer, but just when he finished his first book draft, he feels a knife testing, testing his left lung while a voice says, Hey, D, I never told you I beheaded him. Ooh. Well, that was another thing that was creepy about that story, too, is that he, the, when he does it, he says, I tripped him and used his own knife to murk him, just like you would do. That little line right there really kind of got under my skin, too, because that yeah. you could see a seven-year-old kind of reacting to a situation that way, you know, because yeah. he's, he's, he, at that point, he's emulating something he's seen. 
That's he kid's seemed gonna, a little. Yeah. He, he's gonna need he some real a little therapy. Happy that he killed this guy too. Yeah. I murdered well, him. Well, I mean, bro. after murdering his parents, I think so. But yeah, you, that is totally fair. <laughs> uh, Mr. Ninja Freak. Last time I visited a creepy pasta stream, it was very toxic. Well, hopefully this won't be very toxic for you. Everybody in the chat is pretty friendly, um, and uh, we're just reading some creepy pastas and uh, and talking mm -hmm. about them and reviewing them and stuff. But yeah, we hope you can stick around and. What up, Mr. Ninja Freak? I I would expect you will not be. Uh, uh, you will not run into toxicity here, so uh, I wouldn't right. worry about that. So let's, all right, let's roll into my second story. All right, what is it called? Um, this one's called "Your Memories Don't Die with You." Your memories don't die with you. Okay. Right, search results. Oh, yeah, right. It says no search results found, and then it's got your that story as like the first one that pops up. <laughs> Ooh, it's been drowned fucking with you, man. <laughs> Dante says you just found the coolest podcast. <laughs> we appreciate oh, man. that, man. Thanks, Dante. That's very nice of you to say. All right, so uh, let me go ahead. I'm going to change the music again. All right, all right, I'm gonna all keep right. doing this so that it never gets too repetitive uh, okay. for too long. And all right, all right, I'm, I'm gonna read this in my Kevin Hart voice now. This, <laughs> 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 yo, that was hilarious. Well, we fucking died laughing when I did that. All right, it's one of our better clips. That fucking shit was hilarious. Your memories don't die with you. Who's I was in a room. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, does this have Christopher uh, Maxim? Oh, there we go. Yeah, that seems like an alien. <laughs> Nobody's name is that cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was in a room. It looked like the ground floor of an office building. There was a desk with a receptionist tapping away at a keyboard, and stairs leading up to the next floor. But the design, it was all white. I had to turn away at first, blinded by the brightness. When my eyes adjusted, I turned back. The receptionist took notice. Oh, hello there. Come, please. I won't bite. I promise. I hesitantly stepped over to the front desk. What is this place? I asked. She smiled. This is the hereafter. The hereafter, I asked. Baffled? Yes. You had a terrible accident. I'm sorry to say you took a tumble down the stairs and bumped your head. I tried to remember, but everything was fuzzy. You're expected upstairs in room 371. I'll take you there. Before I could object, she walked out from behind the desk and grabbed my arm, pulling me up the stairs with a vicious grip, smiling the whole way up. Don't look so troubled, dear. It will be over before you know it. A quick procedure, then you can move on. Procedure? Where are you taking me? She smiled again. You humans are always so inquisitive. Such a strange trait. Soon enough, we arrived at what I presume was room 371, a black door at the end of a long white hall. The dissonance was unsettling. Here we are. The receptionist knocked twice. An older gentleman opened the door to greet us. 
He was maybe in his 50s, well-dressed, gray mustache. Ah, yes. This must be our latest arrival. How are you, he asked, putting his hand on my shoulder. Um, a little confused, actually. Uh, is this heaven? I asked. <laughs> the man and woman chuckled. So strange how they all asked that. Well, let's begin. The receptionist handed me to the gentleman and closed the door behind us. I was now in an equally bright black room, small, maybe 12 by 12 meters, or 12 meters by 12 meters. Uh, there was a chair akin to one you might find in a dentist's office. On a, uh, and a podium behind it, uh, upon which was a device. Before I could get a better look, the man pushed me into the chair. Restraints automatically wrapped around my wrists and ankles. What the hell is this? I tried to break free, but it was no use. Calm down. You'll only make things worse for yourself. And it's best you don't struggle. Not much point in it anyhow. Another individual entered the room. A younger gentleman. Henry, where in God's name have you been? Quick, come, man. Command the controls. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Henry stepped over to the podium and started adjusting things. The older man walked over to me and smiled. He pulled a sharp silver utensil from his pocket. Don't fight it. It's just a few small incisions. That's all. And a flash of silver met my forehead. It was over so fast, I barely had time to wince. The man had engraved three straight lines into the skin just below my hairline. There, that wasn't so bad. Henry, are we ready? Yes, sir. Everything has been calibrated. Good. I chimed in. What are you doing to me? <laughs> they both laughed. The older gentleman leaned in. We're extracting your essence. But first... We need to access your memories, the powerful ones, the recollections that have stuck with you, even after long bouts of time have passed. You have those, don't you? I felt Henry place a helmet on me, and it shrunk to match the outline of my head. The man gave it a few knocks. Here, <clears throat> this here will show us all that we need to see. Then the pathway should illuminate, a roadmap to the human soul. That is what we need. Fire it up, Henry. Sharp needles pierced the cuts on my forehead from within the helmet. I felt a searing pain as they penetrated my skull. I screamed, but the men in the room didn't react. Suddenly an image appeared on the black wall, a head like a projection, almost. It was a memory, one of my memories. As I watched awestruck, something happened. My consciousness was seamlessly transferred. In an instant, I was transported to the scene, now reliving that moment on the wall. Rebecca and I stared at the farmhouse. It wasn't much to look at, but it had potential. And the land around it was vast, surrounded by beautiful forests. <clears throat> is it everything you hoped it would be, Rebecca asked, wrapping her arms around me? It is, actually. I put my arms around her waist and turned to meet her gaze. We had been together only a year, but I knew. Before this point, I truly cared for her, but in this moment, I fell. Now that we were starting a life together, all bets were off. She was the one, and I couldn't have been any happier. I woke in the black room like a diver coming up for air. My lungs were on fire, reliving the memories, and it was not just a painless procedure. 
No, Henry. What have I told you a thousand times before? Happy memories won't do. They're not powerful enough. Find me something dreadful. And do it fast before he's a goner. A goner? I asked. The receptionist entered and handed the man a cup, a beverage I can only guess was their equivalent to coffee. Thank you, Mildred. Lord knows I need it. She left. Henry fiddled around at the helm and charted a course for a different memory of my sword past. In an instant, I was transferred there. There was only one memory I tried so desperately to forget. It was dark right around midnight. I woke up to an empty rest of the bed. I assumed Rebecca had gone to the bathroom, but I can't explain it. I can't explain it, but as I waited for her to return, I felt something wrong. The kind of feeling when you enter a room and a picture frame is slightly askew. You could tell something's amiss, but you can't quite put your finger on what. I laid there for a long time and let the unrest consume me. It was only then that I decided to get out of bed and see if Rebecca was all right. Something drew my attention to the window, a figure in the clearing behind the house. I stepped over the glass for a better look at it, and I saw it. It was Rebecca, falling to the ground. My heart sank. I raced out of the house, screaming her name. When I reached her, knelt to the ground by her side, she was covered in blood, holding a kitchen knife. She cried out and spoke with what very little energy she had left. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I had to. The voices, they wouldn't stop. I had to make them stop. I, I... Her voice trailed off. The life left her eyes. She was gone. Once again, I sprang to life in that godforsaken black room, left to reflect on my past. Rebecca was mentally ill. She was seeing a psychologist, but unbeknownst to me, she stopped taking her medication. I had no idea her condition would get that bad. I had no idea she would even think of taking her own life. And of course, it was all my fault. I should have seen the warning signs. I should have sought better counsel. I should have gotten out of bed sooner. I should have gotten out of bed sooner. My introspection was interrupted by an older gentleman. Henry, that's it. Perfect memory if there ever was one. Keep going. We need another. Just one more should do it. Look for the sound of liquid meeting something electrical filled my ear. Sparks flew into my peripheral vision. The man had spilled a streak on the controls. Dear God, I heard Henry say. Henry, how could you let this happen? Me? It was then a new image appeared on the wall. And I was once again transported to another place. This time, I didn't know what to expect. Blood. At least that's what it looked like. An ocean of red tossing and turning in the field behind my house. The center of this blood sea, a door. Void any connecting architecture standing absolutely still on the surface, despite the pandemonium unfolding. I was adrift in a fierce current, barely able to hold my head above the waves. Whilst treading water, I watched the door open. My wife, Rebecca, was within. She spread her arms and the tides followed. The sea parted before me and I landed below, coughing the contents of my lungs out onto the ground. I turned to see her stepping past the threshold of the doorway. She walked out into the field, walls of red water on either side of her. Eventually, she stopped where I was and looked down at me. She was beautiful, just as the day we met. Hello, my love. I tried to respond, but there was still water in my throat. I blinked, and she was gone. 
Her voice met my ear from behind. Why didn't you save me? I turned and saw her, now bloody. It was the same state she was in when I found her in the field. Was I not good enough? Did you want me to die? I finished clearing my passage and stood tears rolling down my cheek. I'm sorry, Rebecca, I didn't know she interjected. That's not good enough. She vanished again. I turned around. She was there, now clean, holding an infant in her arm. This is Abigail. Isn't she precious? I trembled. We never had a child, Rebecca. You're right, huh? This is the baby I would have birthed had I lived long enough to have her. Don't you remember picking out the names? Jack for a boy after his father and Abigail for a girl? I remember. We laid in the field for hours one night, looking at the full moon and discussing uh, where our life together was headed. At one point, we talked about children. Rebecca wanted three, but I insisted on no more than two. One boy and one girl, Jack and Abigail. We mapped out their childhoods and pictured every moment. Parenting wouldn't be easy, but we agreed it would be worth it. I remember Rebecca. She walked over to me and handed me the baby. I looked in his eyes. She was, she was perfect. It's hard to say how I knew, but it was her. The same Abigail we pictured years ago. You should have saved me, Jack. Now they'll never exist. A harsh wind came from the forest and watched in horror as Abigail's form turned to dust and slipped through the gaps of my fingers. I had known her for only a moment, but still I cried. My little girl, gone. Why are you doing this, I pleaded. Her face was now tinged with anger. You deserve to feel the same regret. I you deserve to feel the same regret. I plunged the blade into my skin, but you could have stopped it. I needed you that night, and you burnt there. With that, the floodgates opened. A dam of tears burst and streamed down my face. So too did the blood water around it. It towered overhead for a brief period, crashing onto me. Once above the waves, I watched as Rebecca walked across the water into the red door. She looked back with one last sentiment. Goodbye, Jack. The torment was over, but it had taken its toll. I let myself sink into the depths of the ocean. It would be my final resting place after everything had gotten dredged up. I truly wanted to wither and die. I wavered in and out of consciousness. I could hear Henry and the man arguing. He's not doing so well in here. We may have to cut this one loose. We can't afford the backlash if this gets out. Pull yourself together, Henry. If we could just get one more good one. And that was the last thing I heard before passing out. For a time, I drifted through the black void of a dreamless slumber until finally something pulled me out. Rebecca's voice, a thunderous cadence that would have woken even a bear from his hibernation. Wake up, Jack! I awoke in a white room, the kind of which I recognized. It was a hospital. The nurse checking my vitals when she looked over. The a nurse was checking my vitals when she looked over and noticed. Oh gosh, you're awake, brilliant. You've been out for quite some time. What happened? I asked in a groggy, slow speech. You were found inside your home, at the bottom of the stairs. You've been comatose for nearly a week. I tried pulling myself up into a sitting position. She pushed my shoulders back down. Please, rest. You've lost a lot of electrolytes. I'll go get the doctor. She'll help. Sit tight. The nurse left, and I gathered some, I gathered some composure. Comatose, huh? The, uh, does the body wonder? Strange nightmares, repressed memories, the works. I let a morbid laugh, amazed at how my brain could even construct such a dream world. Still, my eyes welled up recalling the image of Rebecca and her unborn daughter. 
After a few moments, the doctor came in and greeted me. She explained my battered state and advised me to stay for observation over the next few days. I agreed. She went over the final points of my treatment, but then took a detour to discuss something else. There is something troubling that we, we can't quite explain. Troubling? What is it? I asked. Well, when you came in, you were coughing up blood. We didn't find any signs of internal bleeding, so we sent a sample out to be tested. As it turns out, it wasn't yours. We cross-referenced the other patients in the database, and there was a hit. A suicide from years ago. Rebecca, your wife. I gasped. How could this be? Unless... There's one more thing we wanted to ask. What happened to your head? My head? I asked, unsure of what she was referring to. It was then that I noticed a faint brush of gauze against my scalp. Here, take a look. She handed me a mirror and carefully removed the badge. I was mortified by the sight. Above my eyes, there were three perfectly straight cuts etched across my skin. Some motherfucker went to some, like, the afterlife and then went right back. Yeah, they, like, straight up, like, took him to the afterlife. So what's your theory on the blood? It was it was his wife's blood. The ocean was right, her but blood. How, but how did how does he have it in his blood? How does he have her blood? I my my feeling is is those the people that were draining his essence were maybe some form of people in like purgatory or something. Sure. I don't know how yeah. they would have taken because they were trying to the case. All bets are off. I think that it kind of makes sense that she might have or that he might have like physically been there like yeah. to some degree in that like vision inside the red walls and the yeah the blood I, yeah water i think that, that stuff. i think that maybe instead of taking him into his dreams it took him to the afterlife yeah instead of taking him into like the machine like memories they were using on a malfunction yeah so uh so like they dropped him back on earth like he, they literally physically pulled him and dropped him back off yeah um, like maybe the hereafter is like some alien spacecraft maybe not yeah, it could uh, be very well could be what's up Lenny Wright good to see you buddy what's um, up Lenny DJ Hannibal Royce peaced out yeah he had, he had, he had to, to get, get back, back to, work. to work yeah man that's all good we get that yeah man but absolutely the we night... don't need anybody else getting fired in <laughs> yeah right yeah, I remember Dude, that, that was great wasn't that the last creepy pasta episode? I don't think so. I think that was a while before that. Because okay. Creepy pasta was like episode fifteen or sixteen, and so it wasn't that okay. many episodes Damn, ago. We, yeah, we're on fucking episode twenty. Mm-hmm. Jesus this Christ! This is episode twenty of the podcast, man. It's pretty crazy. Damn. Uh, all right, so I think at this point we're at an hour and a half in the stream. Um, yeah. I'm I'm you concerned could, we might not be able to get to all of these stories. Yeah, you could you could just finish up with the with your story. We'll just go two for two. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. I was like I was trying to find. So I've got two stories left to read, and. Uh, I'm trying to decide which one I think is better. If I have to pick between the two, then I think I'm going to go with the haunted amusement park. Okay, um, yeah, that's I definitely want to hear that. So um, we're going to do 
let's see here. What is it saying? Current bitrate is lower than recommended bitrate. Guys, let me know how is the uh, how's the podcast going? Are we seeing any, any significant problems or anything right now? Because I'm getting some warnings that looks, uh, looks frozen. Well, it might be frozen. Like it might actually be buffering some people out. Oh no, no, it's it's uh, all it's good. Yeah, it's it, it says the stream status is good. It's just saying that the the current bitrate is low. I'm trying to give it a second, see if it'll try to catch itself back up. Um, I am dropping some frames. I can't imagine why. It's probably just my uh, my ISP like throttling my <laughs> throttling my service. Let me know, guys. How's the how's the stream actually running? Let me know if it's uh, if it's running particularly bad or, or or anything, so I can make some adjustments if I need to. Um, all right, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the, the haunted amusement park. Um, oh, I'm going to change the music one more time. Okay. sure that my uh that i've drank plenty of water <laughs> before i before i get started here hey lenny right oh lenny's, oh, lenny's lenny. responding he's he's responding. oh to ben drown to ben drown he's like what the <laughs> fuck is going on here <laughs> I, 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 I wonder if he was lenny here for the first creepy possible no ben ben drowned has uh, been around in the chat since since the last creepy pasta episode yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wonder if he was here the last time and saw the, the first appearance of Ben Drown. Ben Drown has been our guest. Uh, this is the second time showing up. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's saying now that it's in excellent shape. So, all right. Oh, good. All right. Uh, wait, wait. What is this one called again? This podcast fro has frozen a couple of times. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. The I story. I What's the story called? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I was reading the chat. It was buffering oh. for a bit. Hey, Yvonne. How's it going? Are you guys everything back to normal? Oh, what up, Yvonne? It was cut a Damn, bit. Damn, you just you didn't sh you didn't even say hi, Yvonne. <laughs> okay, so are some we some neighbor you are? Are we running smooth now? Um, everything looks good. All right, I'm sorry, guys. I don't I don't really know why. I think my ISP just like throttled my service for a bit, but it uh, YouTube's telling me everything looks good now. Um, uh, all right, so. I've got the new song loaded. This one is uh, this is this one is about a uh, well. I, I've said it a couple times now, but it, this one's about a a haunted. Uh, well, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna fucking. It's called What's, the it's called the old the old mill of Playland. Plo, ugh, the old mill of Playland. Playland. It's based on a true story, apparently. Oh shit. These are the best kind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This one looks good. All right. Okie dokie, folks. Let's get started. All right. I'm going to turn on the uh, this so that you guys can read along. I think that looks good. All right. 
haven't gotten any confirmation one way or the other of whether the stream's running more smoothly now, but I'm going to assume that it is because uh, uh, our concurrent viewers are back to normal. Uh, okay. All right. We're just going to we're just going to jump into it. I was just revealing some behind the scenes stuff just then. Uh, all right. Sometimes I miss the dreamy sensations that came with childhood, like the excitement of visiting an amusement park. Back then, they all seemed like dreamlands nestled in reality, and it was as though no kid could wait to visit them. My younger brother and I were no exceptions. Whenever summertime rolled around, we would eagerly count down the days until Playland opened its gates. Uh, never heard of it? Playland is a very old amusement park in our hometown of Rye, New York, and it was always the place to be when we were kids. I made many fond memories at that park. The first time I rode the famous dragon coaster, playing frisbee at the park's beach with my brother and father, and the night my crush kissed me on the cheek as we watched the fireworks display from the boardwalk. One particular memory, however, overshadows the rest. It was the night our adult sister and her boyfriend had brought us to Playland. The four of us spent the day riding the coasters, playing mini golf, and so on. And what my brother and I—but what my brother and I were really looking forward to was going on the dark rides. You know, those indoor rides through dark tunnels with different sceneries and uh, scenery and animatronics. At the time, there were rumors going around that all of Playland's dark rides were going to be shut down. So we were adamant about paying them our final respects. My brother insisted on waiting until nightfall to, before riding them, so I assumed he wanted to go on the zombie castle or flying witch first. But once the sun, but once the sun disappeared in the sea line uh, behind the sea line, instead he hurried us to the tamest of the dark rides, Ye Old Mill. While the other two dark rides take you through castles infested with zombies and monsters, this one takes you on a boat ride through caves inhabited by Disney-esque gnomes and trolls. I told him, you want to ride this one first? I thought, I thought you were our main thrill seeker. Yeah, I am, he replied. But I want to try something. I could hear a bit of mischief in his voice. Try what? I heard that if you go on this ride alone at night, you can see a ghost at one part. Okay. So it was clearly only a rumor that he had heard at school. But what would one expect from a nine-year-old? I, who was 11 at the time, just brushed it off, although I was admittedly a superstitious kid. Just wait here. I'm, I'm going on first. He turned to run to the ticket booth when our sister swiftly stepped out in front of him. No, you're not, she snapped. Don't you remember what happened last year? Oh, yeah, I muttered to myself. I had almost forgotten about the incident that had occurred on the ride that, on the ride looming above us, a tragedy that had played out like a horror story. You see, Playland has a small record of deadly accidents, one of which occurred in 2005. A seven-year-old boy had gone on the old mill alone, having passed in its minimum height requirement. His mother, who had been waiting outside, was terrified to find that the boat he was riding in returned, returned empty. The news later broke that authorities uh, later broke out that authorities had discovered his body stuck below one of the conveyor belts used to move the boats under more than two feet of water. There were no eyewitnesses to the accident, and inspectors found nothing wrong 
with the ride itself, so it was believed that the boy became frightened and climbed out of the boat in an attempt to escape. According to the boy's autopsy, the cause of death wasn't by drowning, but by blunt force trauma to the head. He'll be fine as long as he stays in the boat, I said. Sis frowned at me as my brother nodded in agreement. Even though I understood why she was worried, I thought she was overreacting. The old mill was one of the safest rides on the park, and our little thrill-seeker didn't scare easily. You two can just ride it together. That ghost might appear anywhere anyway, right? Yeah, guys, her boyfriend chimed in. You can take it, you can take it like a pair of Ghostbusters. The cheesiness of that line made me laugh. As did the face my brother made in response. I said to him, sounds fine to me. He just sighed in defeat. Oh, all right. As my brother walked up to the phone booth, Sis put a hand on my shoulder and quietly said, don't let anything happen, don't let him do anything stupid, okay? I turned and I saw her face dark with concern. Hell, she sounded like she expected us not to come back. What did she think our brother would do? Jump ship and hide in the scenery? Sounds silly, but it was technically possible. The old mill was, has narrow concrete paths running along the walls for staff to access, so people could hop out of the sluggish boats and go exploring. To try and calm her down, I placed a hand on her shoulder and said, Okay, I won't let him get eaten by a giant by eaten by the robot gnomes. Oh, shut up and go already. She gave me a playful rap over the head before checking out the nearby game booth with her boyfriend, leaving my brother and me to board the ride. With no line in front of us, it was only moments before we boarded one of the boats and were on our way into the old mill. Rounding the first bend, we were greeted by an animatronic gnome in mining gear perched on a pipe above us. Welcome to Playland Waterworks, it announced in its usual Western accent. Well, this isn't a Western accent. Sorry, guys. <laughs> We're keeping it flowing down here, but stay in the boat and on the main waterways. There's hungry trolls hiding from those back caverns. With that, the boat drifted into the unlit, unlit tunnels ahead. Do you ever get the feeling that a room seems darker when you know it's dark outside? Never having been on, an old mill, on the old mill at night, I was getting that sense. Aside from the lights on the scenery, the tunnels were completely black. I tended to get a little anxious in really dark places since my eyesight isn't the greatest. But being, my brother, uh, but being with my brother helped alleviate the anxiety, that anxiety. For the first couple minutes, I just poked fun at the scenes as we passed, which consisted of gnomes performing generic mining duties, digging for gems, blasting stones with dynamite or TNT, and accidentally blowing each other up in a cartoony covered in soot way, of course. At one point, I asked him, so when's the ghost going to appear again? Or sorry, when's the, the ghost supposed to appear again? I don't know, he replied with a shrug, but it wouldn't be in there. It's too bright. Maybe if we're really quiet. We had just entered the room full of mock machinery, the set brightly lit. Both of us went silent, so I just listened to the bouncy music playing over the speakers. I heard a sharp clicking sound a couple of times as we passed through the room. Assuming it was the music skipping or something, I ignored it and thought about the accident. That kid must have been really afraid of the dark, or that, or scarier scenes, got, uh, or the scarier scenes got to him. But still, to frighten him enough to want to climb out of the boat, my contemplation abruptly ended when my brother turned excitedly towards me. This could be it. Get ready. This is where the memory becomes more vivid for me, as though it happened last night. 
Ever since I was little, this particular part of the ride stuck me as, struck me as foreboding. As the boat made another turn, the comical music emanating from the machine faded out, overtaken by the sound of gusty winds. A white strobe light flickered in the distance, while faux thunder echoed through the corridor, creating the illusion of something get, getting caught in a summer storm. The chilling atmosphere was, ap was amplified by light mist spraying about, surrounding us in, cool, in a cool embrace. There's nothing here, I thought to myself. Nothing here except us. But then I heard it again. Click, 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 click. Just like in the last room. Without the music or voices of the animatronics, I could hear it more clearly. It reminded me of the sound of dog's claws, the, the sound that dog's claws make when it walks across a hard, hard floor. I glanced around, even though I couldn't see a damn thing, and tried to locate the sound. Then it occurred to me that the only floors around were the paths alongside the boat. Hey, do you hear that? I asked my brother. What? That clicking sound. A crash of thunder suddenly burst from the speakers, cutting me off and making my heart leap. But what frightened me more than that was that as soon as the thunder rang out, I thought I heard something splash in the water behind us. What? Do you hear the ghost? My brother asked. N no, I stammered. Disappointed, he turned away from me without even noticing my unease. As our lonely vessel drifted beyond the stormy hail, stormy hall, I listened carefully for that clicking sound again. Click, 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 click. There it was, sure enough. What in the hell is that? I thought. It was, I was beginning to think it was just in my head, but then I heard something else alongside it. Clack, clack, clack. It was just the clicking, only heavier, sharper. It was just like the clicking, only heavier, sharper. Go back, please, a worried voice warned us. I noticed we were drifting by, this, we were drif drifting by the next scene. A gnome with a lantern waving at us from a small cliff. Last chance. They'll get you for sure. Please don't go back there. From that point forward, my imagination started to run with me. I began to think the puppets were trying to warn us of real, imminent danger, regardless of the fact that they were only reciting their usual lines. I wasn't even focused on the scenery anymore, instead fearfully staring at the floor of the boat while my, man, my, while my mind ran wild. If a ghost were haunting the ride, would it try to hurt us? I warn you, humans, the last one of the troll puppets shout, go away now. What if someone had come in before us and decided to hide in the scenery and scare whoever passed by? What if that person was dangerous or maybe instead of a phantom or adolescent tr trickster, we were being watched by something else? It's too late now, another troll said, letting a low, wicked laugh, letting out a low, wicked laugh. I finally looked up and recognized the scene in front of me. The troll was stationed next to a sharpened log, suspended by vines, a trap, and suddenly swung forward as the tunnel was engulfed in darkness. A crashing sound played moments later. Just before the crash, I let out a scream. I let a scream slip out as I heard another splash. This time, it wasn't as far behind. What? What is that? My brother shouted back in surprise. D d didn't you hear it? I heard, I stammered. Something's in here, in the water. He paused. He paused a moment, as, soon, as though as to say he had been hearing something as well throughout the ride. You, 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 you better be joking. He was, trying to laugh. he was trying to sound tough, but he couldn't mask the fear in his voice. The trepidation I had felt since the stormy hall had finally overtaken me. 
I was on the brink of tears, glancing every which way to find a source of that godforsaken sound of claws on stone. I hoped and prayed that we would come out of the tunnel bef uh, with more light and fast. Click, 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 click. I held my breath, frozen in terror. Whatever was making that sound was right beside the boat. For the first time, I heard it breathing. It took in quiet, shallow, cloaking, croaking gasps as, the, as, if to, as if it was struggling for air. It wasn't the mournful moaning of a child's spirit, however. No, it didn't even sound human. I had to know. Despite the temptation to look, to just hide my face in, the, in my sweaty hands, I had to know what in God's name was following us. Summoning whatever little courage I had, I slowly turned my head to the path on my left. Fear pierced my heart as I met the in, incandescent gaze of two green, unblinking eyes. They were wide and blank, like those of the anglerfish, but I couldn't make out the head they were attached to. I heard its claws light click, lightly click against the concrete as it crept alongside the boat, its eyes locked onto me. Shivering, I took in only quick, stilted breaths, afraid that any sudden movement or sound would cause it to attack. I wanted to warn my brother and tell him not to move, but before I could, "'What's that noise?' he asked meekly. I heard his body shift as he turned to, turned to face me. Suddenly, he let out a scream, clearly seeing what I saw. The creature immediately averted its eyes from me and locked onto my terrified brother, responding to his scream with a loud hiss. It darted past me and leapt toward him at an alarming speed. My brother cried and screamed in pain, snapping me out of my fear-induced paralysis. Without thinking, I reached out to pull the infernal thing off of my brother, fumbling into the darkness until I got a hold of it. It wasn't very big, but it was powerful. The rough scales that made up the exterior dug into my skin as it writhed and squirmed relentlessly in my arms. I was about to throw it overboard when I suddenly felt several claws strike me across the face. I shrieked and clasped my hands to my face as the damned creature slipped free. Get it away, my brother cried. It's going to kill us. Wiping my eyes from what was either blood or tears, of what was either blood or tears, I turned around to see those faint green eyes burning into mine. All at once, I felt a churning blend of fear and rage, and as it approached again, I swung my leg as hard as I could. The creature let out what sounded like a gasp as my foot slammed against it. Realizing I had the upper hand, I rushed forward and kicked it again and again and again before backing toward my sobbing brother. Still unable to, uh, to see anything in the darkness but those eyes, I, re I watched as they unsteadily turned from us and disappeared over the rear of the boat with a splash. To my relief, the boat was just starting to pass, as one of the pass on to one of the next scenes, offering us just enough light to see. Quick, it's gone. Get out of the boat. Thanks to the adrenaline coursing through me, I was able to pull myself onto the concrete walkway beside the set and my brother after me. I could see his wounds in the dim orange light. His, light was, his legs were scratched up as... Uh, were scratched up, as was his chest, visibly through his torn shirt. Tur torn shirt, but his worst injury was his left arm, drenched in blood. He tightly clutched. He was tightly clutching a large mark between his wrist and elbow. It bit me. He sobbed reported, uh, repeatedly. There was no way in hell we could stay any longer. Come on, we need to get help. I choked out, trying to catch my breath. Thankfully, he was still able to walk. By sticking close to the wall, we were able to find our way to the next set without falling off the narrow walkway. The scene of a troll cutting, cutting down a tree 
Uh, the scene was of a troll cutting down a tree, so I knew we were close to the end of the ride. Don't worry, we're almost there, almost. Clap, clap, clap. The familiar sound stopped us in our tracks. I began to tremble, ready to sob out of utter disbelief. No, no, that's not real, I told myself. But what followed was unmistakable. A furious hissing roar right beside us. Instinctively, I turned around, just in time to see another pair of glowing eyes charging in our direction. Run! I screamed. We bolted toward the end of the set as the second creature entered the room. I looked back for a moment to see how far behind it was, catching a blurry glimpse of its appearance. It was some ungodly animal larger than the other one, clawing its way toward us like an enraged crocodile. Its eyes burned bright yellow-orange like twin torches, and its teeth seemed to be bar- bared and uh, seemed to seemed to be, bar- to be bared and jagged. All I could see was the body itself. Uh, of the body itself was the grayish-red color, but I wasn't about to stop to get a closer look. My brother and I scrambled into another black corridor, the longest in the entire ride, and saw the light of the last set visible at the end of it. I thought we were in the home stretch, but the next thing I knew, something clamped onto my right leg. I fell forward and hit my head against the floor, calling out to my brother and reaching out with my arms. What happened? Hurry! He cried. I can't! I cried back. I felt the creature tug on me, sending a splitting pain into my leg. Thinking I had been bitten as well, I looked behind and saw the glowing eyes weren't that close, weren't that close to me at all. I quickly realized that it had ensnared me in some kind of appendage. With his arm hurt, my brother couldn't pull back, which left only one option. Get help! Get out and get help now! What? But it'll go now! Run! With that, I heard my brother crying. My brother's crying grow fainter and fainter as he hurried to the end of the tunnel. The beast growled as it tugged on me, again, pulling me closer to what would certainly be my demise. I desperately felt around for anything to grab onto or use as a weapon to no avail. I tried to grip the edge of the walkway and pull myself free, my mind overrun with thoughts of my family and memories of that park and the child with whom I was about to share my final resting place. Then the creature's growling became a dry hiss, croaky and shallow, like that of its smaller counterpart. Its tugging was more frequent but not quite as strong. It wasn't clear like it wasn't clear to me then, but I now believe it was losing its breath. In one last attempt to escape, I kicked at my right leg with my left, trying to hit the spot where its extra set of jaws had latched on. Again, and again, and again. I kicked, I kicked with all my strength I could muster. Finally, unable, uh, unable to last above the surface any longer, the creature released my leg and leapt into the water. I watched the fiery glow of the eyes of its eyes fade as it swam back into the depths of the old mill. Fearing that it would return, I didn't waste any time trying to get, get away. As I crawled toward the light of the last set, battered and bleeding, all the trauma I had endured suddenly caught up with me. My head throbbed violently, and my arms grew weak, the whole world melting into a, ble- into a bleary mess before my eyes. The last I recall of this nightmarish memory is the glint of a flashlight the garbled voices of Playland staff members and the last animatronic gnome shouting, I warned ya! I warned ya! I awoke the next day in a hospital bed. My dear younger brother was in the bed next to mine, still asleep. 
I would learn later that day that he had stumbled out of the ride pale and hysterical, screaming over and over that there was a monster in the ride and that I was going to die. God in heaven, our little thrill seeker, got so, so much more than what he bargained for, and we all did. The authorities later concluded that we had been attacked by wild dogs that had somehow found their way into the ride. What other explanation could they give? There haven't been any incidents like that since, so I can only assume that the real culprits no longer reside in the old mill. Only God knows what they were and where they are now. Those soulless, incandescent eyes continue to haunt me, and perhaps they always will. Even more haunting, though, are the terrified cries of my brother. It brings me to tears to think about what could have happened if I had let him get under that ride alone. So what's funny about this story is I actually think this story is written by the same guy as the other story I read. Oh, nice. I did not do that on purpose. Uh, (laughs) But at the end it says... Let's see. Let me go back to the bottom. Credit to Clockwork Creeper. Clockwork Creeper, which I believe oh, yeah. is the same guy as my other one. It might be the other one, uh, the the same uh, as my as the other one I didn't read. As you, okay, your third story. We should send our third stories to each other. Yeah, I think my other story's too lo- too long too. Like I don't think. Yeah, I can... yeah there's no way it, we'd be here until fucking two if I if we both read the next ones. Because yeah. this this one's a little longer too, but it's good. I mean, this we can, was... This doesn't have to be the last time we do these either. We can keep doing these. Yeah, I think this it, it is doesn't kind of have to be Halloween. Yeah, these are fun. We should do these like once a month or something. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, I like reading. All right, so what's going on in the chat? It says, I'm I'm a ghost hunter. Are you, Yvonne? That's dope. (laughs) Uh, Anyone up to play some of Majora's Mask? I got a free copy for you. (laughs) I like the sheets (laughs) on your bed, Fernando. They are smooth and cozy. God damn it. Oh, Ben Drown. (laughs) He never stops. It's relentless. It's It's relentless. It's nonstop. (laughs) And. Dante uh, gnomes are creepy as fuck. Yeah, yes I they agree. are. The garden gnomes too. I mean gnomes in general, yeah. but the garden gnomes also creep me out. They've all. I've always been like, why? Why is this a thing people like? Like why? Right. Why do you want these creepy things in your yard? I remember David the gnome. That was the only gnome I rocked with. It's an old Nickelodeon cartoon, and he like rode a fox, and he like would help with medicine. And it's all to- kind of cool. Trying to think. It was like, like it's way before your time. Okay. All right. God damn you, fucking. All right. Cool. That's just like yeah, this, me feel old it, as fuck. it was like old school. Yeah, it was old school, man. <laughs> this is like early Nickelodeon. Like Eureka's Castle was on and shit. Oh, shit. You know Eureka's Castle? Uh, vaguely. Um, only vaguely. Yeah. Only vaguely. Um, yeah, man. That. That the, the when I. The old mill one, the amusement park one that I just read, I mm-hmm. actually had that story. That was one of the stories that I had uh, that I had considered for the first time we did this, mm. and um, it didn't it didn't really quite make the cut of what I thought was going to be what I wanted to do, to do for that specific stream yeah. um, or for that specific podcast. But you know, as I was thinking about all the ones that I had listened to and read through today, 
Um, there's a lot of really good ones, but like there's something about the idea. Uh, first of all, I think any story that involves kids is automatically gonna gonna be uh, a little bit um, more rough because everyone worries about kids' safety. But yeah. The, but the other thing is, is like I always like to look for things that are that I feel like are like in that case, that's a believable story, and it's listed under their like uh, sure. based on true stories. And um, so I really like looking for those because. What made me excited about Ben Drowned, what, ma- what freaked me out about the big Ben Drowned story is that it seemed like something that maybe is outside the realm of possibility, but it, I, could, I could see it happening in real life. You know what I mean? Like, I, obviously, it, it's unbelievable that a game is haunted, but I just mean that right. I could imagine myself, I could put myself in that position where the game is glitching out, and just playing horror games alone can be terrifying. So oh, having it God. glitch out for you or having... A game that's not a horror game to just start fucking glitching out and talking to you. It's creepy. So yeah, like becoming a horror game. Yeah. So <laughs> the this one, you know, I've been in a lot of rides. You and I both grew up in Houston, so we both went to Astroworld. Astroworld, baby. Right. And you remember it's the Mayan Mind Bender? Not just the name of a Travis Scott album. Yes. Yeah, right. So Mayan Mind Bender, um, that ride was completely in the dark, and I used to love mm. riding it specifically because it was totally in the dark. And, um, you know, my brother and I would always get excited because that light, the, ri- the line for that ride stopped being very long shortly after it got released. So um, we could basically get on and then keep writing it over and over. And that story reminded, oh, me, of, reminded me of my Mindbender. Like, what would have happened if one of us had gotten injured or hurt on that ride? We might not have ever known until we got to the end of the ride. Oh, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? God, that'd be freaky. But yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, I recommend you guys read the Screaming Skull. It's a rather famous terror short story. All right, I'm down for that. So let Let's me ask see. you guys: is it, it, for those of you guys that are still hanging out with us tonight, um, we, we're nearing the end of the stream. So I'm I'm gonna let y'all know that, uh, you know, before I before I ask this. But since we're nearing the end of the stream, can you? You guys do us a favor. Let us know. Is this it, this kind of video, is this kind of stream, this kind of uh, podcast, is this something that you guys actually really enjoy uh, watching? You know, with Soups and I sharing stories back and forth, kind of like analyzing the stories afterwards or kind of like reviewing them and talking about them. And um, is that something that you guys want to continue to see us do? Because I'd be down to do it like every five episodes or something like that. Yeah, like, these are these are so much fun, man. You know, I get into fucking reading these things. Yeah, man, me too. So. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I, I I'm keep telling myself I'm going to like read through them, like practice, do a practice read through before we stream, before we actually go live. And I never get time to do it. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. I'm always spinning too many plates. I, yeah, I came in here about, I don't know. I came to get ready like an hour early and just went through no my stories, shit. especially the first one. And I just read it in that same fucking country voice i'm like no nah, i'm gonna read it like this that was the smoothest so, read through of the entire podcast that that oh specific man. one was the smoothest one but uh that one was well guys let me go ahead and I, drop oh go ahead oh i was gonna say i think that creature kind of like was i think it could sense fear like smell fear yeah right because it didn't jump at the older brother when the older brother just kind of didn't acknowledge yeah it, scared of it yeah, but yeah. But as soon as the brother shrieked, it basically sped ran over to him. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> it attacked him. You son of a bitch. 
<laughs> You've been sitting on that. You've been sitting on that all this time. Going, all right. I'm gonna wait for. I'm, I'm definitely gonna find a way to get that word in there. Gotta find the right moment, man. <laughs> you fucking dick. <laughs> oh. So man. Dante Arias is into this format. Cool, man. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're into it, man. That I really sure. like doing this, man. I think this is a lot of fun doing it this way. Uh, Yvonne, Yvonne is into, into it as well. Perfect. So obviously, uh, Soups is a little is, is a bit better at this than I am. But like, we'll get better the more we do it. You know, the more yeah. we, we're reading these, and obviously, really got to try to get a practice read through. Honestly, we, we got it. What we also need to do next time is ensure maybe we could pick two stories and then the last one is one that we'll read together. So we can. I thought about that fucking, today. Because when we, we did that, that. when we did the forum where we were reading the forum back and forth, that was dope. <laughs> that shit was so funny, man. Yeah, we gotta do that again. Yeah, I want to find. So a way the to next do that time we'll sure. we'll collab on a story. And... We'll find a story. Yeah, like what do you think about yeah. that? We have to. It has to be a story that you can flip roles. Uh, back. Yeah, and forth, yeah, we can I'm... kind of go back and read separate parts and. Yeah, shit. I'm like totally that. into doing that. That should work. But all right, let me go ahead and drop some plugs. So if you guys are listening to us in the audio only version of the podcast, we appreciate that you made it all the way to the end. We hope you enjoyed this uh, creepypasta episode, Creepypastas 2. Uh, we appreciate you guys coming by and listening. Make sure to, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you if you enjoyed what you listened to, leave us a review. Let us know how you, how you feel. Subscribe to our podcast so you get alerted right away. If you're watching us on YouTube, we appreciate your support here as well. Make sure to like the video, share it with your friends, all that good stuff. Leave a comment if you're watching the archive afterward. And yeah, I think I said it already, but subscribe. You know, hit the bell so that you're notified when we go live, and right. so you're notified when uh, we post other content. If you're watching us on Facebook, thanks so much for coming by to our Facebook page. Same as always, like, comment, all that stuff. Give us reactions. Let us know how we're doing. Leave us a review. All that good stuff. And if you're listening to us on Pretty Dope Experience or PDX Radio, uh, thank you again, Rappy, for always showing us support and having us here. And we appreciate you guys that are listening to us. Make sure to follow us on uh, social media. You can find me on Twitter at ScreenBreakInt. So that's just ScreenBreak as it sounds. Int, short for entertainment, E-N-T. And then you've got at SirSoups for SirSoups. And then if you want to find both of us on Instagram, we have a joint Instagram account at WTF Spot of Soups. So you can find us there where we post uh, the day before or a couple days before we go live. And sometimes we try to share our thoughts on like recent news and stuff like that on Instagram as well. But uh, <laughs> let me see. So Dante's, Dante's here says, uh, in an alternate universe, ghosts and trolls are telling homo- human pastas about two podcasters called Spada and Soups. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Dante. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fernando says, oh, yeah, keep these kinds of streams all, all in. All right, cool. So everyone seems to all like right. these. I'm into doing yeah. them, so we can keep doing these, man. I, I have a lot of fun with it. I hope you guys have had fun. Um, anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Nah, man. Uh, this was a fun, fun read, and uh, I appreciate uh, – we appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. Everybody fucking rocks. Um, have a good night. Yeah, man. Thank you all guys for coming by again. Uh, Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. We love you all, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.